Praise the Lord. How do you follow something like that? Luke 2.10 tells us, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 tells us this, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. I was reading recently in Rick Renner's new book, and if you haven't bought it, please buy it. It's about this thick, and it's about the story of Christmas. And in that book, it's just coming to my remembrance right now, that the shepherds, had you always wondered why that group of shepherds were chosen by the angels to appear and tell them the good news that Christ the Savior was born? They were the rabbinical Shepherds. They were the ones that raised the sheep that were given, that were bought to given, to be given as sacrifices in the temple. So they were a special select group of shepherds that the angels appeared to, to tell them that Christ the Savior, the Lamb of God was born so they could go and worship him. Oh, that just gives me goosebumps. You know, they were selected, hand selected. Oh my goodness, how good our God is. It's so wonderful to have you here today. This is one of my favorite times of the year because we get to come and celebrate the birth of Jesus. This is his birthday celebration. And you all make it so beautiful. You're like the gifts that have come to be given to him. You're his gift today. So I want to share just a little of the word with you before we have our special guest speaker, Christy, come and share with us. I recently heard this story about Belgium horses. A Belgium horse is the strongest horse out there, from what I understand. It can pull up to 4,000 pounds by itself, but if you put two Belgium horses together, you would think they can pull 8,000 pounds 4,000 and 4,000 together. But not only can they pull 8,000 pounds, when you join them together, they can pull 16,000 pounds. Now, mathematically, you would say just four and four, that would be eight. But how are they able to carry 16,000 pounds? Because they are a force together. They are a force to be reckoned with. They are a force together, stronger together than they are individually. Now, here's another crazy thing. If these two Belgium horses have spent weeks in training together and are getting to know each other, they can actually pull 34,000 pounds together. That's astronomical. 34,000 pounds together. Now, this is where it really gets interesting. If these two Belgium horses grew up together, ran together, played together, had their horsey life together, (laughs) these two Belgium horses can now pull together 54,000 pounds. 
That's almost, your mind almost can't conceive that two horses could pull 54,000 pounds. Think about that, just the two of them. One horse pulling 4,000, but two, they that walk together, they that work together, those that play together, those that are one together, together we are stronger. We need Christian sisterhood. It's vitally important vitally important. Through the highs and the lows of life, we need friendship. We need one another. We need to stick together so that we can do more together than we can apart. We need each other. Years ago, maybe 25, 28 years ago, and a little longer than that, there were these famous uh, programs on TV. It was Dynasty, Knott's Landing, Dallas. Do you all remember those days way back? Well, there was a billboard. They had kind of gone out of season for those programs. And there was a billboard out on I-35. And I would go to Grace Temple at church on Sunday morning, coming back from church Sunday at noon, and then go back Sunday night, and then come back Sunday night. So that was four times on Sunday I would see these big billboards. They were all around the Metroplex of Fort Worth and Dallas. And on those billboards, it said, Go to bed with Alexis. And it gave the times that the programs came on. It said, go to bed with Alexis. And one Sunday, I'm driving to church, and my righteous indignation just came up on the inside of me. And I had two little grandsons at that time, and I said, how dare they put those billboards up, go to bed with Alexis, what they were inferring by the billboard sign. And it just caused my righteous indignation to rise up. And I said, God, why doesn't somebody do something about that? We don't want our husbands and our men and our young men seeing that sign, go to bed with Alexis every night at 7 o'clock. I mean, no, we don't want that, right? And so after another Sunday of going to church that morning, coming back, seeing it, going that night, coming back, seeing it, I said, Lord, why doesn't somebody do something about that? He said, Carolyn, why don't you do something about it? I said, me? Who am I? I'm just a little wife. I'm just a little homemaker. Who am I? He said, Carolyn, you do something about it. Guys, I did. I said, I played with it for a while in my mind thinking, who am I? You know, I can't do anything. But I said, I can. I can at least write a letter. So I sat and I composed and I wrote a letter. And then I called and I also wrote a letter to all the pastor's wives in the Metroplex that I knew. And I told them about the billboard sign and asked them if they would be a part of us protesting this TV station and this program and the billboards around the Metroplex. I didn't have one turn me down. Everyone agreed to help me that we would go down to the station and we would protest or do whatever we had to do. Well, I mailed my letter off, and you know, within one week, I received a letter from that TV station that said they had listened to my request, and every billboard would be down by the end of the month. By the end of the month. So, girls, I rallied together thousands of ladies who were ready to go to war with me to get these billboards taken down, but all it took was a letter. 
All it took was a letter to the TV station, and we got it done. So I felt like this, when I read this story about the Belgium horses, that that's what we were. We were pulling 54,000 pounds together because we became one. Unity, that's what it's all about. And then that reminded me of these scriptures, which you're all so familiar with. Matthew 18, 19, in the New Living Translation says, I also tell you this, that if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask of my Father in heaven, it will be done for you. When Moses fled to Egypt and lived in Midian for 40 years, when God came to him and spoke to him in a burning bush, Moses asked God, for his name, so he would have an answer to give the Israelites. Who is it that says, I'm being sent? And God says, I am that I am is sending you. That's my name. I am that I am. And when I think of Matthew 18, 18, and 19, where any two of us gather together in his name, there the great I am is in the midst of us to carry out that agreement. When Brother Oral Roberts was in our home, that was one of the things he shared with Jerry and I one day, that he had just received that revelation, that the great I am, I am in the midst of you to carry out that agreement. So think of this, how powerful those of us in this room, you need friends that will come into agreement with you. If you're facing something in your family, if you're facing something in your life, if you're facing something individually, you need someone to pray with you and to come into agreement with you because the great I am is in the midst of that agreement. Think of that. And we've become as strong as those two Belgium horses pulling 54,000 pounds. But where it says one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. Think of the multiplication of all of us coming into agreement that there's nothing on earth that we can't stand in faith for and believe and receive, right? Oh, God is for us. He's not against us. He's given us all these wonderful tools and wonderful writings from his word so that we can be world overcomers in every area that comes against us to cause us to fall and to fail. Oh, we serve such a good God. A good God. During World War II, I heard this story. There was a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. He was alone in the jungle, and he could hear the enemy soldiers approaching, making their way towards his direction. Scrambling for cover, he made his way up a high ridge, and he fell, found an empty cave that he suddenly went into and hid. Quickly, he crawled into the cave, although he was only safe for a moment because the enemy soldiers were making their way up the ridge, and he could hear them talking and hear the noise they were making. As they searched the caves, they would find him, and he knew that he would be killed. As he waited, he prayed. This was the prayer that was recorded, and I'm going to tell you, you us as word of faith people would pray the prayer differently, but this was his prayer, okay? Lord, if it be your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I trust you and I love you. You know what we would pray. We would pray Psalms 91, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Oh, we, we know the word, and we would have prayed that prayer a little different, but God heard his heart and heard his prayer. 
After praying, he lay quietly, and as he heard the enemy approaching, he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. As the enemy was searching in the nearby caves, the soldier sat, and he watched the spider build the web larger and larger and larger. And he thought to himself, Lord, I need a brick wall, not a spider and a spider web. All of a sudden, he saw the enemy drawing close to his cave. As he was preparing to make his last stand, he watched in amazement as the enemies looked into his cave, and then they moved on. He realized that the spider web over the front of the cave, it looked as if no one had ever entered the cave. As he sat there and prayed, he said, Lord, forgive me. I had forgotten that with you, a spider web is stronger than a brick wall. (laughs) Glory to God. You see, we all face trouble in life. Sometimes in those troubles, we forget that God can show up and give us the victory in the most surprising ways. You've got to remember, whatever is happening in your life, when you have God on your side, a spider web is stronger than a brick wall. And just look around in this room. Look at the person beside you. Would you do something for me right now? You know, I'm a stickler for hugging. Four hugs is for survival. Eight hugs is for growth, for maintenance. Twelve hugs is for growth. All right, so please stand and give each other a warm hug. I'm through. Can I put her resources up here? Yes, I'm going to introduce her right now. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, continue standing. (laughs) I love it. This is beautiful to me. You're getting your hug quota for the day. Twelve hugs for growth. (laughs) They are really getting their hugs in. (laughs) If you're in the home groups, the home parties, stand up and hug each other too. Get your hugs. Get your hugs in. Get your hugs. Get your hugs in. Bless you. All right. Continue standing. And I'm going to introduce our guest speaker. All right. You have to remember four hugs. For survival, eight hugs. For maintenance, 12 hugs for growth. All right, at this time, ladies, I want to introduce our special guest. Christy Lefevre is a wife, minister, speaker, author who travels around the world. Mylon teaching and building up the body of Christ. She co-hosts their global television shows, On the Road to Freedom. Have you ever seen it? If you haven't, please tune in. It's filmed around the world, around the United States. Quite an endeavor to do all of that, I must say. Christy was brought up in a loving, godly home. And by the way, this is Christy's mother, Sharon. Welcome, Sharon. Sharon. 
Isn't she beautiful? I see where Christy gets her beautiful, gorgeous looks. The Lord divinely brought Mylon and Christy together and have set them apart. And they, the day they were married, they were ordained by Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. That's very special, isn't it? Christy has a passion. Her passion is twofold. To see people set free through the revelation knowledge of the truth of God's word. And secondly, that women in the body of Christ would rise up and walk in the fullness of their calling in these last days. Ladies, if you've ever been around Christy more than five minutes, you know that the love of God just oozes out of her. It just pours out of her. I love her dearly. So it is my honor and my privilege to ask Christy to come to the platform today and bless us with the word. Thank you, ladies. You may be seated. I think they've got a video, some sound coming for you. Oh, people, we got some good news for you this week. We're going to have a good time today. Well, welcome to On the Road to Freedom in Ballard. Magnificent Cattle Lake. Grand Canyon, the South Rim. And we are in Mendocino County today. Monument Valley, Utah. In Gorgeous. National Park. In Big Sur, California. Well, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. And that's why we do this show. <laughs> okay, that's it. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, we're, I wanted to go ahead and show you that. Those are a few of the locations where we film On the Road to Freedom, the beach in Maui, the mountaintop in Banff, Canada. I think Jerry Ann volunteered for the beach in Maui again, right? Okay. <laughs> And it was freezing cold in Banff, Canada, out on the uh, penthouse suite. They put us on a deck out there, and it was beautiful. So if you like beautiful scenery, the reason why we film on location is because you can taste and see that God is good. Amen? Uh, Romans says that creation itself testifies of God's eternal power. So you can really see and know how good he is through the beauty of his creation. So if you've never seen On the Road to Freedom, we air on the Victory Channel. Woohoo for the Victory Channel. <laughs> and we're so thankful to Brother and Sister Copeland for the free airtime that they give us. What a gift. And they are our spiritual parents in the faith, our, our covering. And we're so grateful for them. So check out our TV show. We also have it available on our podcast if you don't have time to watch you know, watch the show, even though I highly recommend watching it because of all the beautiful scenery. But if you don't have time, then we have the podcast where you can get the word for the week on the go. And it's available everywhere your favorite podcast is available. And I just want to thank Miss Carolyn for the honor and the privilege of being here today. Thank you. You know, this is so holy to me, holy ground. And I do not take it lightly, nor do I take it for granted. Thank you, Miss Carolyn. You know, from the beginning when I married Mylon, uh, we'll be at 25 years in a few months. And from the beginning meeting Carolyn, I was new to the group. I didn't know anybody. And Miss Carolyn always was kind and gracious and loving and let me know that I was accepted in the beloved. Amen. And I always felt loved around her. And how many of you know when you know you're loved, you have the freedom to be who you are in Christ and to grow? And that's where you are right now. You're in a safe place 
with Pastor Carolyn and Brother Jerry. You're in a safe place here to grow up and be the woman that God's called you to be. And so I want to thank you for that, Carolyn. And then also, Miss Jerry Ann and Miss Kelly, some of my very best friends, thank you for being here. I love you, ladies. That's a great honor and privilege. Thank you. I know how full your schedule is, so thank you for being here. And my mom, of course, I, uh, Miss Carolyn already introduced her, but thank you, Mom. I love you. So I uh, wanted to make, you know, you need to give honor where honor is due. Amen. So it's so important that we honor one another in the body of Christ. I know Miss Carolyn already talked to you about we're here for each other. We are family, the family of God. And you know, ladies, I want you to know when I came in yesterday to look at all the tables, wow, you guys did such a good job. I tell you what, when I came in, it was like walking down Fifth Avenue in New York City at Christmas time. <laughs> Looking at all the beautiful windows, if you've ever seen those beautiful Christmas displays. So you guys did a beautiful job. And not only that, you ministered. I was so blessed by the ministry at each table. And, you know, that's what we should do in the body of Christ. We need to build one another up. We need to encourage one another in the Lord, right? Because we are sisters in him. So I honor you for that, ladies. And I know that you could be anywhere today doing Christmas shopping, being with your family, but you chose to be in the house of God. And I honor you for that. There's great reward for you. Hebrews said he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So today there's great reward in store for you. Amen. Well, I will go uh, quickly. I have some more resources uh, that I'd like to give you some information about in the foyer. And we have ladies here. We have Beth Linda and Vanessa here who will help you at the table. Can I see where you are, ladies? There you are, okay. And they'll be happy to answer any questions you have if you about the resources I'm about to discuss. The first one I'd like to tell you about is my book for little ones titled The Adventures of Twirling Girl. <laughs> and this is how the Lord proved to me that a father of the fatherless is God. And that even though my earthly daddy had walked away, that I have a heavenly father and he loves me. He cares for me and he hears me when I pray. And so, you know, I brought this little ornament today because when my mom was a single mom, we didn't have the money to buy ornaments. So we made these by hand. And I remember my mom sewing these together and I got to stuff them with the foam, right? Before she finished. And this was my favorite one. It was the little angel because it had blonde hair like me when I was that age. So this one was my favorite. So, but it reminded me again, wow, look what the Lord has done. He's so good. He meets every need. And I learned that lesson in this testimony that he would even provide something as simple as twirling dresses for church. And so if you want to check that out, I have this one book for your little ones. And then also we have a brand new book tied on marriage titled The Honeymoon is Over. Now what? <laughs> and boy, don't we like the honeymoon, right? Don't we like the romantic music, the candlelit dinners, sunset, romantic dances, all of that. We love honeymoon. But then when you get home, that's when the work starts, right? The work of becoming one. And so that's what this teaching is about, a handbook for holy matrimony. It's formatted as a daily devotional. So with seven chapters, that means at the end of one week, you can turn your marriage completely around. 
And in every chapter, there's a Mylan says and a Christie says. So you get the husband and the wife perspective. And also at the end of each chapter, there's a we declare. So you can make your declaration about what you've just learned together. And also holy habits so that you can put into practice the principles you've just learned. So this is for... Um, you know, I, this is for you to enjoy. Here, let me say it this way. Mylon and I do have heaven on earth in our marriage. And God is no respecter of persons. And he wants you to have heaven on earth in your home. In fact, he wants you to have a honeymoon that never ends. Amen. And so that's what this teaching is about. And then we also have the free teaching. All the CDs are free at the table while supplies last. And any audio version MP3 available for free on our website at mylan.org. Um, all of the On the Road to Freedom programs are available free on demand. The podcast is free. Do you get uh, the uh, way we're going here? Free is good, right? Free. And so these while supplies last. I brought up one here because this is titled Fed Up with freaking out. So this is my personal testimony, again, (laughs) of how the Lord delivered me from living life on an emotional roller coaster, that I really could live in perfect peace 24-7. It is possible. Hallelujah. So we've got that available. And I've got other teaching um, at the table if you want to see the titles where you can download for free. Holy Matrimony, Get Over It, It's Time to Get Over It. Amen. You know, I learned from Miss Carolyn years ago about refusing the spirit of offense. That helped me so much, Miss Carolyn. Thank you for that. And so this teaching is along those guidelines that we really can get above it, right? In Christ, we're always to be above only, never beneath. We're never to be under anything, under pressure, under stress. Amen. It's time to rise above. So we've got get over it. We've got the ultimate woman, um, inside information, lots of good titles. So you can check that out at the table. Oh, they're doing it behind me. Good. Good job back there. Okay. Inside information. Hallelujah. Because you know, the Holy Spirit never wants you to be unprepared for what's ahead. His will is that you have the knowing He will announce to you the things which are to come. He always wants you prepared. You do have inside information. And so the last one I want to talk about, which is where I'm going to go today, is titled, The Gracious Woman, How to Increase Your Influence and Fulfill Your Destiny. And again, all of these are my testimony about how the Lord graciously taught me all of these principles in his word that set me on my road to freedom and how I'm enjoying a life today that I didn't even know was possible. Praise God. God is so good. And on this teaching here, this again is a daily devotional, seven chapters at the end of one week. You can receive revelation that took me 20 years to learn. (laughs) Yes, I was that stubborn. And so you can receive it in one week. And what I love about The gracious woman um, is because it's for any woman. It's for every woman, single or married. Here's the only qualifier. 
you want to make a difference in the earth for Jesus. Amen. So if you'll check that out. And also with it, we have a free study guide available for download. And I brought it up here because once you print it out, you can put it in a pretty pink binder, which is perfect for today, our pink Christmas. And we also have free video teaching for every chapter. So it's perfect for in-depth study or for a ladies Bible study group. So if you have any further questions, the ladies are at the table to help. And everything's available at mylan.org. You can connect with all of our social media sites and lots of, again, lots of uh, free, can you say free? Free resources available there. So thank you for your patience while I shared that with you. And let's just get in agreement. Let's get in prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Father. Well, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and I rejoice. I rejoice. Oh, we rejoice, and we are glad in it. And I thank you, Lord, for this holy opportunity to share your word with my sisters, with my family of faith. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, and I pray that the Holy Spirit Have your way, Holy Spirit. Move in and among us. Minister to every heart. Meet every need. I thank you that your glory, your glory fills this place. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for revelation of your goodness today and how much you love us. I pray, Father, that you would grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation That we have insight into the mysteries and the secrets and the deep and intimate knowledge of you. That our eyes would be flooded with light so that we would know the hope of our calling. That we would know and understand exactly what it is we are called to do in this moment of time. And I thank you, Father, for that revelation now. Insight, discernment, and clarity to know And to do your will. We love you Lord. With all of our heart. Our soul. Our mind. Our strength. We love you. And I thank you in advance. For all the good things you're doing in our lives right now. And the good things that are to come. (laughs) In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, as I said, I'm going to go to the gracious woman. And I'm going to start here because how many of you know Aretha Franklin's song, Respect? Right? R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. That's actually one of my favorite songs. I like it. (laughs) And, you know, for years, I really thought that the only way I was going to have respect is if I demanded it. The only way I was going to get respect is if I fought for my rights. And what the Lord showed me is that if I would learn to make gracious choices in obedience to his word, that respect was guaranteed. So now when we talk about respect, I'm talking, this means we have a voice. So who wants to have a voice to make a difference for Jesus in the earth, right? Before he returns. So now when I say having a voice, again, I'm not just talking about talking because there's a lot of people talking, right? Respect and having a voice means when you talk, they are listening to you. That's what gives you influence in the earth for his glory. And the only way that comes is through the favor of God. 
And so I thought, again, I thought being strong, a strong woman of God meant I had to demand respect. But he taught me in Proverbs eleven sixteen, it's a gracious woman that gains respect. A gracious woman. You mean it's not the loud, aggressive, belligerent, defiant, obstinate, in your face, tell it like it is, don't mess with me. I'll put you in your place, woman. That gets respect. Because that's what I thought, right? That's what the media is telling us. That's what TV, movies are telling us. No, not according to God. God said it's a gracious woman that gains respect. The world's trying to tell you if you make gracious, kind choices, it's loss. But God said, no, it's gain. A gracious woman gains respect. Amen. Anytime you do things God's way, the world will try to tell you it'll cost you its loss. But God said, no, when you do things my way, it's gain. It's great gain. Amen. Now, in recent years, the reason why I wrote this book is because, you know, what I was seeing on TV and movie and media was this loud, defiant, aggressive woman was being applauded as brave, applauded as courageous and strong, and that's who you need to be. And that was alarming to me because I knew that, according to the Word, that was the opposite of what God's called us to be. And you know, ladies, it is a woman's world right now. For the first time I've ever seen, it's a woman's world. And you know, according to God, anytime one Men or women are celebrated more than the other. We're out of order according to the word. So it's really not God's best when it's a woman's world or a man's world. Now let me give you scripture on that. The huge problem with that mindset is that we're both created in the image of God. Right? Genesis 1.27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female he created him. Now, let me say this. I'm not teaching on this, but every time I read this, I've got to declare God made them male and female. He did not create any other categories. And He is not confused. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) So if you were born a female, God's purpose and plan and design for you was to be a female. And in fact, when you stand before God on judgment day and give an account of your life, and we all will, then we're going to give, it doesn't matter what we've done to the outside, to the physical body, we will give an account for our life, the purpose that he's called us to as a female. Amen. So I want to make that clear. There should be between male and female, God made us in his image So therefore, there should be mutual respect and honor for both, right? Do you see that? For each other's role and purpose, there should never be competition. And that's what we're seeing in the women's movements of today. There should never be competition. We should be celebrating each other's strengths and weaknesses. You know, let me say this. Brother Copeland at our wedding when he married us and he ordained me into full-time ministry on my wedding day, which is what Miss Carolyn shared with you. He said one thing that I'll never forget. And I'm sure Miss Kelly can tell it better. But he said this and it helped me so much. He said um, he was praying for Gloria one day. And the Lord spoke to him and said, 
Kenneth, if Gloria had not stepped out and walked in the fullness of her call, you, Kenneth, would not be where you are today. And then he looked at me with those blue eyes that don't blink. And he pointed <laughs> and he pointed and he said, So Christy, preach the word. Preach the word. Preach the word. And I've never forgotten that because in order for Mylon to get where God's called him, I've got to step out and walk in the fullness of my call because we're a team. We're a Holy Ghost team for Jesus. Amen. And it takes both of us working together to achieve his purpose and plan. Hallelujah. So in Christ, we are equally valuable. Galatians 3.28 says, There's neither male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. As children of God, Romans says, We are joint heirs with Christ. Jesus died for both male and female. So if one is valued or celebrated or respected more than the other, As you can see, we've been talking about respect. As you can see then, according to the word, that's out of order. Do you see that? Okay. Um, And the reason why is because what we're seeing today, I don't know if you've noticed on these TV shows, but always now the woman is the boss. (laughs) Always. And in order to make their position stronger, you see a belittling and a demeaning of men. And that's not right, ladies. It's not God's best. So respect, what does God say about respect? Romans 13, 7 says, Render to all men their dues. Respect to whom respect is due. Honor to whom honor is due. So if it's not due, we don't give it. Now I'm not talking about the respect due to what God says our elders, our parents, governing authorities Okay, what I'm talking about here is in our culture today, what we're seeing predominantly is respect being demanded on external traits alone. Okay, let me give you an example. I am woman, hear me roar. Or respect being demanded based on um, ancestry, based on education, based on how much money you make, based on how many social media followers you have. Do you get where I'm going with this? So respect being demanded on external traits alone. But God's definition of respect is based on internal qualities. Like loyalty, faithfulness, character, integrity. And when when we practice, when true respect is earned God's way, that's when those external traits diminish. Now we're achieving true equality, right? Where there's no more bias between male or female or the color of our skin. Do you see that? Now I'm, I'm getting somewhere. I'm going to give you a testimony based on this right here. Proverbs 3, 3 through 4 explains this. Never let, here's these attributes, these internal qualities that God set out in his word. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. There's the voice, there's the respect, there's the influence, there's the platform that makes a difference for Jesus. Hallelujah. How did it come? Well, I put them in their place. No, what did God said? How did that come? It came with loyalty and kindness. It came with NIV, love and faithfulness. It came with, in the New King James Version, mercy 
and truth. Hallelujah. Do you see how this is just the opposite of what we're being bombarded with in the world? You know, when I, um, you may think, well, you just don't understand what I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, I'm the only believer at my place or, or in my family. Well, I'm going to give you a testimony here. When the Lord first gave me this scripture, never let loyalty, kindness, mercy, faithfulness. You, you make those choices, Christy. You endeavor to do my will in this area, in your relationships with your employer, with your peers, with your clients. And as I endeavored to do this, I was the only Christian at the place I worked in a secular uh, business. I was an interior designer in North Dallas, and God had placed me at the up-and-coming design firm in, in Dallas. And all of the who's who of Dallas were our clients. And he placed me there. And I, I tell you what, it was only the favor of God. God gave me favor because I didn't know what I was doing. I just got out of college, right? I wasn't business savvy. I didn't know how to close business deals. You know, the Holy Spirit really was my teacher. And he was teaching me every step of the way. But as I endeavored to put these simple truths into practice, my business exploded. And I remember my bosses came to me. How many of you are in business, have a career? Anyone here? Okay, we've got a few. And my bosses came to me and they said, in the history of the company, we've never had anyone do this well, this quick, at such a young age. What are you doing? And so I got to testify. I told him, I said, well, I pray for favor, the favor of God, and I believe God brings me the best clients. And I remember they looked at me a little confused and said, well, we don't know about that, but what we do know is somebody is looking out for you. (laughs) And then also my college, my secular state university college called me and said, in the history of our department, Now, again, do you hear those words in the history of? That means it's unprecedented. They've never seen it before. That's the kind of favor he wants to give you. In the history of the department, we've never had a student do this well, this quick. Will you come back to the college and participate in a forum and tell the students what you did to be successful? Well, you know what I did, right? I got to tell them about Jesus. Right? I got to testify. Amen. And so the reason why this is important is because when God gives you that platform, the influence in the earth to make a difference, it's for the kingdom. He's giving you that platform for you to testify of his goodness, of his glory. I remember I was at, you know, at the job and when God was blessing me and I thought, Lord, wow, I didn't, I didn't at that point understand how important the abundance of God is in receiving that into your life. Him overtaking you with his blessing, which is exactly what he did. And he talked to me and I said, Lord, you know, I didn't even ask you for this. This is way above what I could ask or think. And he said, Christy, you just give me all the glory. I'm giving you a platform to give me glory. You give me all the glory. And so here's what I did. Every time I closed a deal and I worked for a wonderful um, wonderful family, a Jewish family from South Africa who was so good to me and taught me so much about covenant and about family. I really enjoyed working for them. 
But every time I closed a deal, a deal in order to give God glory, I'd say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, that's all I said. But when it got to the end of the time before, before I left, when I would close the deal and they'd hear about it in the back, my managers would come by my desk and go, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord, Christy. And so that was our word for closing the deal. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so praise God. So graciousness opens the door for God's favor. And his favor is to give you a platform to testify of his goodness in the earth. Amen? Amen. So what is... Now here's why. Isaiah 61, nine. if you need a scripture for that example I just gave you. All who see you in your prosperity will recognize and acknowledge. The world always recognizes, recognizes blessing. They'll recognize and they'll acknowledge. These are the women the Lord has blessed. Hallelujah. They know you didn't just work uh, overtime to get this blessed. You're not just so smart. That's why you're this blessed. You didn't have like a rich uncle that left you a lot of money. That's why you're this blessed. No, they look at your life and the blessing is so great. It's uncommon. It's unprecedented. They say, wow, these are the women the Lord has blessed. Amen. Will you say this after me? I'm the woman. The Lord has blessed. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. And so the definition of gracious is this. It's defined as kind. Very simple. Being kind. It's defined as friendly. Something as simple as smiling. And being friendly to people when you go out. Being gentle. Being courteous. Having manners. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Please, thank you. And yes, our moms were right. <laughs> those, those manners matter. <laughs> so being courteous and being a giver. Being gracious is being a giver. And you know, when it, I'm going to come back to kindness here for a second. Last year, I, I saw this all in the news and I was amazed. It said, statistics attribute the diminished workforce on consumers... Oh, excuse me. The diminished workforce is, is because of consumers' lack of kindness. I'm going to say it again. This is, was Secular News reporting this. Statistics attribute the diminished workforce on consumers' lack of kindness. So people were saying, I quit. I'm not putting up with people being rude to me anymore. This is the time, ladies, for us to be a light. Right? I want to talk to you about being a giver right now, too. This is important for the holidays. We're in the giving season, right? And that's what graciousness is, is all about. Proverbs 31.20 says, She is known. This is the gracious woman. Proverbs 31 woman, she is our standard. Hallelujah. She is known by her extravagant generosity. She always reaches out her hands to those in need. Now I want to point out here, she's known, she's famous for being an extravagant giver. Is she famous for being beautiful? Is she famous for singing or a special talent? No, she's famous for being an extravagant, here's some synonyms, outrageous, extreme, over the top, elaborate giver. 
Ooh, I like that. Isn't that good? I want to be known that way. Isn't that good to be known to be famous for being an extravagant giver? Hallelujah. So to be an extravagant giver, what I love about this is it requires sacrifice. It means that your life is no longer about you getting your blessing. It's about you being a blessing. Amen. You know, before we give our lives to Christ, yes, everything he did, it was all for us. It is all about us. He did it for us. But once we receive that gift of Christ, now our lives are all about be, or for him. They're all un, our lives are unto him and for him. Everything we do now is to be a blessing. Amen. And so right now, when we choose to be a blessing... Being mindful, Galatians says, that means it's intentional. It's purposeful. That means you plan on being a giver. I'm ready, Lord. Who do you want me to bless today? Is there, you want me to bless my husband today? What would you have me to say? You know, when I talk about giving, it is, yes, monetary, but also it means giving time, giving energy, giving patience, giving mercy, kindness, forgiveness. Who do you want me to bless today? Who can I give to? My children, my parents, those I come in contact, show me, Lord, how to be a blessing. That's what being a gracious woman is all about. And especially in this season, why is that? Because we serve the giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what this season is all about. We're celebrating the gift of King Jesus. Hallelujah. So we represent him in the earth as givers, gracious givers. Will you say that after me? I'm a gracious giver. (laughs) I'm an extravagant giver. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So how do we get from here to there? Well, the first step to any growth or change is you must settle the word of God is the truth. There is no such thing as your truth, my truth, their truth. There is only one truth. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is only one truth. It is the word of God. And it is not relative And it doesn't change according to political correctness. It doesn't change because we have some special circumstance, unique situation, or the culture. The Word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we settle first and foremost, the Word of God is the truth. So that means it is final authority in my life. Anything else, anything I give you today won't make any difference in your life until you settle that. It'll only produce fruit when you settle the word. His word is final authority in my life. It is the truth that I live by, whether I understand it or not. You know, there are things, instructions in the word where I I remember saying, you know, Lord, wow, submitting to my husband, that doesn't look like good news to me. You know, we went back and forth on that one for a while, and you can read that testimony in The Gracious Woman. (laughs) So I won't go there today, but what I found is the more that I surrender to God's plan, to His Word, the better my life gets. Hallelujah. So once we settle the Word of God is the truth, its final authority, then Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world. 
Do not copy the behaviors and customs of this world. That's why we don't need to pay attention to those roles that we're seeing, those images on TV of that aggressive, loud, belligerent woman. We don't need to copy that. We need to guard against. That's what Miss Carolyn was talking about earlier with those billboards. We need to guard against a secular mindset influencing our heart and our mind. You know, I know that's the narrow path, and it's rare these days. There's, there's a wide path, and it leads to destruction, the Word says. And there are many that are on it. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it's destruction. But there's a narrow path that leads to life. And when you make gracious choices, it's the narrow path. It's rare. You're going to stand out. You know, I've actually been uh, persecuted and with these words, you're just too nice. That's what I hear. You're to, or are you for real? And they, and they did not mean those words, you're just too nice as a compliment. You know that. Now, why did they say that? Is there such a thing as being too kind? Is there such a thing as being too patient, too merciful, given too much? No. What they're doing, what they're equating, kindness to weakness. That's the secular mentality. They think you can't be kind and be strong. And that's not what God said. They think if you're too kind, you're going to be a doormat. You're going to be walked on. But King Jesus, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's as tough as it gets. He is no wimp. And he said, learn of me, for I am gentle. You remember gentle was an attribute of graciousness? I am gentle. Let me read that to you. Matthew eleven twenty nine. I am gentle, I'm lowly in heart, that means humble. And you will, when you learn of me, you will find rest for your soul. Who needs rest for their mind, their will, and their emotions? It's found through making gracious choices, choosing gentleness. Not always being ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Not always being ready to put that person in their place. Gentleness. That's where we'll find rest for our soul. So again, you can see that graciousness is not weakness. King Jesus is the one who gave us this instruction. And so you know this lets us know this is not just for women, it's for men too. Right? So gracious women are strong women. Graciousness is strength under control. Now let me tell you why. Because it's a whole lot easier to just let my flesh selfishly say and do whatever it wants. I have to use the fruit of self-control to exercise patience when someone's being rude to me. Because my flesh would rather just put them in their place, right? My flesh would rather just tell them off. But I have to exercise the fruit of patience and self-control in those instances. So it takes strength. Gracious women are strong women of God. So let's go on with that verse, Romans 12, 2. And how do we get there? We've decided we're not going to copy that, the behaviors and customs of this world. So we're going to be transformed. How? By the renewing of our mind. And that's what's happening right now. Your mind is being renewed to the Word of God, to the truth. Jesus said, if you will continue in my Word, that's a lifetime process. If you will continue in my Word, then 
You truly are my disciples. And you will, here's the reward, guaranteed. You will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. I believe freedom, as the truth is revealed to you right now, you're receiving freedom. And that's why we called our show On the Road to Freedom. Because we're all on that road and we're getting freer every day. Amen? Amen. So once we get transformed by the renewing of our mind, then, here's the reward, you will learn the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. That's, that's good news because the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God, that's where the blessed life is. That's where holy matrimony is. That's where fulfilling our call and purpose and plan is. It's in the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So once we get our mind renewed, we see life from God's point of view. Hallelujah. And you know what? He's not depressed. He's not in fear. He's not hopeless today. And He's not angry. And we get our minds renewed and we won't be either. And you know, once when I I brought up anger because most of the movements these days, what you're seeing are driven by rage. And the word says very clearly that anger will never right a wrong. James 1.20 says that man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. Now, I'm not talking about righteous indignation. You know, we should hate evil, not people. We hate evil, right? And we take a stand against evil in the earth. That's what Miss Carolyn was teaching you. And there is such thing, the kingdom of God is taken by violence, and the violent take it by force. So we do need to be bold women of God. We, it's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to have a voice and to speak the truth. But here, speak the word, speak the truth, but here's how we do it. We do it in love. That's where the graciousness comes in. Love must always be our motive, not putting them in their place. Do you see that? Love must, our love for God and our love for people is what motivates us to, to rise up and to speak the truth because we know that they're being bound by the enemy's deception. And it's only the truth that's going to set them free. So that's the motive. When that motive backs the truth that you're saying, then they'll receive it. You know, then God gives you favor in their heart for them to receive the word that you have for them. So we must refuse the world's definition of a strong woman. Our identity should only be defined by the word of God. That is so key. Only the word of God should define you. Now I'm going to go here, but I'll make it quick. Our identity should only be defined by the word of God, not social media. Amen. In fact, you need to be the influencer on social media, not the other way around. Amen. And so according to the word, you know, I'm going to go here and I hope you understand the heart in this. It's not the woman who has the coolest clothes, the right hairstyle and the perfect figure that gains influence. They may call themselves influencers, but God's definition of an influencer is in Proverbs 31:30. And it's the woman who trusts and obeys him. She shall be admired and praised. There's the voice. There's the influence. There's the respect that makes a difference for Jesus. Now again, 
1 Peter 3, 3 through 4, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Now let me say this. Obviously, I'm not against makeup, hair, and finding a cute outfit, right? (laughs) I think that's fun for us ladies. I enjoy that so much just like you do. But here's what God said. We don't make it our focus, right? And so what he said is rather let it be, we're back to graciousness, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with incorruptible beauty of a gentle, gracious, that's what gentleness is, a gracious and quiet, peaceful spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. Man looks at the outward appearance, God looks at the heart. So he is encouraging us, ladies, to focus on the inward beauty, right? The inward adornment. Amen? Now, again, I want to make that clear. I'm not against us wearing makeup and doing our hair and finding cute outfits. You understand that, right? My husband grew up in a church where they didn't allow any of that because they thought holiness meant no makeup. You never cut your hair and you wear clothes from here all the way to the floor. And, you know, as we know, that was bondage for those ladies. They weren't free to be who they were in Christ Jesus. And as my husband says, a few of them needed some makeup. (laughs) Right? Okay. Okay, so I want to make that clear here. And the reason why I'm sharing it with you is because the Lord corrected me, right? And what he gave me was this. Which mirror are you spending more time looking into? Your makeup mirror or the mirror of the word? Right? Because James James tells us the mirror of God's word is what we're to be looking into. And we compare ourselves, our choices, our actions, our decisions, our words, even our reactions against the word. And we see what areas we need to change. Amen? And what about graciousness when it comes to our words? What I've been talking about, about rising up and being bold in this day and time for Jesus. Luke 4.22 says, So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, Is this not Joseph's son? Now do you see here what caused Jesus to have a voice? And they were listening intently to him. It said they marveled at his gracious words. And when I studied this out, the only other time they marveled were at the miracles. Wow. And we have minimized this. The power of gracious words. So these choices, when you make gracious choices, this affects our witness in the earth for his glory. Jesus is coming soon. And we need to be bright lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. But the enemy has minimized this message. And we need to speak gracious words. Mothers, we need to teach our children this. I remember when I was growing up, my mom, there's a scripture, let me give you this. It says, uh, season, Colossians 4, 6, let your speech at all times be gracious. At all times You mean even before you've had your cup of coffee in the morning? Is this possible? Okay, let your speech at all times be gracious. Seasoned as it were with salt at all times. And I remember growing up, my mom, if I would get sassy, 
<laughs> or I'd be fussing about something at school or, or whatever. Somebody did something I didn't like. I'd be talking and, um, and get a little, I guess, rough with what I was saying. And she'd look at me, and I don't know if you'd snap and point, but you'd say, Christy, season your words with grace. And I heard that, oh my goodness, I don't know how many times. She'll still say it to me. (laughs) She still will. Season your words with grace, Christy. And that helped me for the rest of my life. I remembered that, that teaching. Season your words with grace. So moms, we need to teach our children this. Elders in the body, we need to lead in this. We need to be examples of this. And you know, the... um, Let me get to where I was on that. We boldly speak the truth in love. I let you know about that. Now, when I say, is this really possible? I want to remind you that God never gives us an instruction to do without giving us the grace to do it. Amen? So the hardest part is receiving it it and going, yes, Lord, I'll do it. I'll make the effort. I'll make the commitment. I'll do this by faith. But once we make that choice, then the grace of God enables us to do what we could not do without it. And praise God, His grace is sufficient. Amen. Amen. Now who, and today, the reason why I want to bring up this, let your speech at all times be gracious, is because in our culture today, sarcasm or curt speaking, or you've heard this term, I'm just keeping it real right? Well, in reality, they're just being rude. And I want you to think about that because 1 Corinthians 13 says, love, the love of God is not rude. It is not. So if we're going to speak the truth in love, love is patient, love is kind. Are we speaking the truth patiently to that person? Are we speaking the truth kindly to that person? And this is be. I'm not going to make you raise hands. <laughs> raise your hands. It's between you and the Lord. So who wants to be, once we've settled this, I'm going to endeavor to let my speech at all times be gracious, to be a, more, a brighter light for Jesus, my witness for Him, to be more effective in the earth. Now I want to talk to you about who wants to be a wise woman. This affects you walking in the wisdom of God. James 3.17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure, then it is peace-loving. Not ready to put them in their place. It is peace-loving. Amen? It is courteous. There's those manners again. It is considerate. It is gentle. It is willing to yield to reason. Now, how many of you know once we've lost our temper, we are unreasonable? Right? Okay, so the wisdom of God is willing to yield to reason, full of compassion, good fruits, wholehearted, and straightforward. Now there's the yes, be bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Be bold, speak the truth, and impartial. So gracious women are wise women. Wise women. Will you say this after me? I'm a wise woman of God. I'm a strong woman of God. I'm a gracious woman of God. Amen. So I know that many of you grew grew up in church like I did. And I know that I've heard this message preached growing up. So why did I not more passionately endeavor to do it? Because, you know, I thought about this this morning. I had really, I thought if I wasn't cussing and I wasn't hollering, well, then I didn't have a bad temper. 
And I, and that changed when I got married. And I realized that I was contending on every decision. And so this, what we need to understand is why did we not, why did I not, let me put it on me. Why did I not more passionately endeavor to obey this instruction? Well, the answer is simple. I didn't value it. I thought, teach me those faith-filled declarations. That's what I want to do. Teach me how to move my mountains. That's what I want to learn. And those are all important. But you're telling me I got to be nice to my husband? (laughs) Right? I I just didn't get it. I didn't value it. Now that is exactly where the devil wants us. Now, why do I say that? Because Galatians 5, 6, 5, 6 says that the only way our faith-filled declarations work, the only way when we use our faith to move our mountain, the only way that mountain's going to move, that faith operates by love. And, the, and graciousness is all about our love walk. That's the bottom line. Graciousness is about the love walk. And what I found is that when I endeavored, in fact... Um, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, it said love should be our highest aim. It's our greatest quest. Isn't that beautiful? Our highest aim and our greatest quest. And so as we grow in our love walk, as we grow in making gracious choices, we will see our faith-filled declarations backed with His power. Because He is love. Amen? Um, now, I want to see how much time we've got. Okay. You know, um, I'm going to tell you a story because I know sometimes people hear my soft voice and they think, there's no way you had a problem with a bad temper. <laughs> That's what they assume. And, and my mom's here. She knows. Mom, don't say anything. And so I'm going to tell you this story about, you know, learning how to love um, in my marriage in particular And what I had to learn is love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. And remember, I was convinced that I had to fight for my rights. But the love of God does not insist on its own rights or its own way. In fact, one of the things Brother Hagin said that I thought was so good, he said, if you walk in the love of God, you'll be easy to get along with. Wow. Easy to get along with. And so this is huge. This means I don't have to get my way to be happy. Now, if you're brave, why don't you say that after me? I don't have to get my way (laughs) to be happy. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I'm going to give you an example for this. Uh, Mylon and I were traveling, and we were going to a place to vacation because at that time we were traveling to 120 cities a year to minister the word. We lived on the road. We were pounding the road. So we were going to a vacation spot and we thought, we'll rest before we preach on Sunday. So we had been fasting and praying and enjoying the presence of the Lord. But when we got there, we thought, oh boy, we're going to break our fast. We're going to get a bunch of fun food. (laughs) So we went to the grocery store and we're piling up the cart with all the stuff we haven't been able to eat, right? And so what I did is I looked at Miley and I said, you know what? Let's make your favorite cake, the yellow cake with the chocolate icing. And he said, oh yeah, let's do it. So we go to the cake aisle and I notice I get the, the mix 
I'm no gourmet chef, just the mix and the canned frosting, right? And so I put it in the cart, and I think, well, what if they don't have the right pan size? You know, we had, uh, the church had uh, blessed us with a condo, a place to stay while we were there. And so what if they don't have the right pan size? So I reached down to grab the pan, and I grabbed three 9-inch round pans. And he grabbed the one 13 by 9-inch pan. And so we're standing there in the aisle looking at each other. And I look at him and I go, no, three 9-inch round. This is the way my mom made it. That's what I said. This is the way my mom made it. And it's the only way. There's icing between each layer. And then when it's done, it looks so pretty, right? And so he looks at me and he goes, Christy, we're not going to look at it. We're going to eat it. Who cares if it's pretty, right? <laughs> and so he's being frugal, right? He's thinking, why would we buy three pans when we can buy one, right? Total guy, right? Okay, so we go, thus began the discussion, okay? So we start going back and forth. Now, I decide in mid-discussion, I'm not losing this one. <laughs> I did. And anybody made that decision at one time? Okay. I'm not losing this one. I thought, why does he care? He's not even in the kitchen making it. I'm the one making it. Why does he care, right? So we keep going back and forth. It gets more heated and heated. And we're in the grocery store aisle, right? So Mylon tells me, a guy comes up down the aisle. I don't see him. I've got my back turned. And Mylon sees him walking towards us. He hears us arguing and turns around and goes the other direction. Okay, so that's how heated it had become. <laughs> I want you to know that I've been there, okay? And so that's how heated it had become. So finally, he sees that and he goes, oh, he's thinking, what if that man is going to be at the church service on Sunday, right? And then we get up to preach and he's seen us arguing in the grocery store, right? Now, what I didn't tell you is when you come in the grocery store, this is before everything was on social media and they advertised through posters in the window, right? So when you came through that grocery store window, there was a big poster of, come see Mylon and Christy on Sunday, right? Okay, so Mylon's thinking, oh, what if they, what if he's there in the church? I have to stop this. So he looks at me. He says, okay, Christy, okay, you win. And I remember thinking, yes. Okay, so we go, we get to the condo, and now we're laughing, right? We're just having fun. We got the movie on. We've forgiven each other. The popcorn's going. We're having a good time. Okay, the, it goes off. The oven goes off. I go to pull out the cake, and they're flat. They're completely flat. And so I tell Miley, and he said, well, Christy, just put them in the oven longer. See if that works. So I put them in the oven. About 10 minutes later, I pull them out. Now they're burned and flat, right? And so I tell him what's happening. Well, he comes running to the kitchen, right? Because he's been looking forward to this. So he comes. He goes, Christy, did you read the directions? And I said, honey, it's a mix, right? I mean, I'm not a gourmet chef, but I really thought I could handle a mix. He said, well, look, check again. So I pull up the back of the box, right? And what I didn't tell you is that we were in the mountains. We were going skiing. Oh, see, you already knew. And so I had never seen this instruction before. And at the bottom of the box, in fine print, it says, for high altitudes... Do not use, in all caps, do not use the three nine-inch round pans. Do not. (laughs) 
Now, if that wasn't, no, please, if that wasn't enough, right? But it goes further and it says, and only, all caps, and only use the 13 by 9 bench pan. Only, right? So I'm reading this out loud, right? And of course, smiling, here's what he does. He goes, yes. (laughs) So, you know, I thought I'd had the last word, right? I thought I had won that one, right? But I realized that if I had just preferred him, right? If I had been gracious, if I had been giving, right? Been a giver to him in that, let him do that. Then I could have had my cake. And eating it too. That's right. (laughs) Hallelujah. So I wanted you to hear that story because, you know, I really was convinced I had to fight to get the last word, right? Now, what was that rooted in? For me, that was rooted in fear. Fear that if I didn't fight for my rights, I was going to be walked on. I was going to be taken advantage of. I was going to become a doormat. And so the Lord had to set me free from that. Now, let me be clear. God never intended for his daughters to be abused, to be controlled, to be manipulated or dominated, right? We know that the word says if our husbands don't treat our wives right, it'll affect their prayers getting answered. So God is very protective of us girls. He's very protective of his daughters. But being contentious, that's what that is. Fighting to get the last word, that's what contention is. Is not God's way for us to have a voice. Amen. Do you see that now? Now I would like to close with this. And I thank you for letting me share my testimony with you. And I believe today that you received revelation today that's going to be life-changing for you. That the Holy Spirit will prompt you next time someone uh, cuts you off in traffic. The next time you're in the checkout lane and you're in the express lane and it's the slowest one in the bunch, right? I could go on and on with those examples that we all face every day, right? But I believe the Holy Spirit will prompt you and how to make those gracious choices and then a level of influence that you've never known before. He's going to open the door to that for you, a platform for you to testify of his goodness in the earth. To give him glory and to lead them to Jesus. Amen. That's the purpose. That's all of us. That's our purpose here. That's our call. So a gracious woman, if you would all bow your heads, please. And just take a minute to, between you and the Lord. You know, a gracious woman is one who has received revelation of the grace of God for herself. Right? So receive the grace that you need today from Him. For the Lord is gracious. He is full of compassion. He is slow to anger. And He is abounding in mercy. Hallelujah. And if there's anything that you need to repent for, just do that now between you and Him. And just make the choice that I'm going to come up higher in this area. I'm going to do better in... And kindness, choosing kindness as my reaction. Choosing patience. Being more loving. Hallelujah.
Okay, you can raise your head. Now here's what I'm going to ask you to do next. If you're ready to take that bold stand and to do it today for graciousness, I'm going to ask you to stand and say this declaration with me. And the reason why I'm asking you to stand if you've, if you've made that decision is because if you don't do it in here where you're surrounded by women of like precious faith, you won't do it out there where they're putting them in their place. Do you see that? So if you're ready to take that bold stand now for graciousness to be who He's called you to be, we're going to draw the line in the sand. Hallelujah. Will you say this with me? I refuse to conform to the world's definition of a strong woman. From this day forward, I choose to obey God's Word and be the gracious woman that God has called and anointed me to be. Therefore, God is increasing my realm of influence in the earth for His glory. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we praise You. We praise You, Lord, for that. Hallelujah. I believe that. Thank you. Well, I just believe today is your new day. It's your new beginning as a history-making, member unprecedented, history-making, world-changing, gracious woman of God. And I want you to know that I'm on that journey with you. And together, ladies, we can do this for Jesus. Amen? Amen. Is it on? Ooh, hallelujah. A voice. When you're gracious, you have a voice. And you know, as I was really praying about um, being stronger women of prayer, but you know that hit it right on the head. We can make faith declarations all day long, and you can pray all day long, but if you are not a woman of God's love, if you're not walking in love, your faith is nothing. Because our faith works by love. You know, that is amazing. That's so good. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you for today's word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will bring it to our attention this season when we're shopping, when we're in a hurry and everyone else is not. (laughs) Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit will remind us to be gracious, to be loving, to be encouraging, for our words to be seasoned with grace. Oh, Father to our families, to our husbands, to our sisters, to our brothers, to our mothers, to our fathers, Lord. Oh, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. (laughs) He loves us. He corrects us because he loves us. He teaches us because he loves us. And we are teachable. (laughs) Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm. Oh, Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. We thank you. Mm. Mm. It's so good to sit at his feet, isn't it? And to receive from him. Amen.
do not forget the resource table. And if you sell out, go to myland.org, myland.org. And I know it's being recorded, so I don't know if it's going to be available for us to listen to again. Hopefully it will. Yes. Yes. You have the link. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm so glad y'all came. I hope that you had a wonderful time. It was so good having y'all in, in, at Heritage. And everybody watching online, we love you so much. Thank you for joining us. Give him Jesus. Give him Jesus. Amen.